This is Kenny Green, the lead pastor of City Light Church, and this is our podcast. I want to thank you for joining us today. I hope this inspires you, encourages you, and builds your faith as we dive into the life-changing, life-giving Word of God. I hope you enjoy this message. I want to take a moment and welcome you here to City Light Church. Could you help me welcome all of our churches, our Monego campus, our online campus? Anybody that's going to be watching this, can we just pause and give God a crazy three-second praise? Come on, Chattanooga. Come on, come on, y'all can do better than that. Come on. Welcome to City Light Church. We are in a standalone message today, so it's one of those rare Sundays I get to preach whatever the heck I want to preach. And so I've, I've, I've prepared a message. I believe it's a message that God uh, wants to, to use to speak into our hearts today as we open up his word. We're going to be in Luke chapter five. We're going to begin in verse four. And uh, here's my title today. It's really a question. I want you to just think about this question. Here it is. Can I trust God? Can I trust God? Think about that. Think about that question and whatever it is that you have going on in your life that looks crazy, that looks chaotic, that looks like it's going to be impossible. It looks like it's never going to get any better. And just ask yourself, hey, can I trust God right now in this moment. And so today we're going to talk about how we can really press into the presence of God and trust in God even when everything around us seems to be spinning out of control. How many of you know that we live in a crazy world today? Can we just be honest today? The world is like a little bit crazy and there's a lot of uncertainty and and there's a lot of opportunities to to be concerned and to even have some worry slip in uh, to your life. And so today we're going to talk about, can I trust in God? And as I was preparing this and I was asking myself the question, can I trust in God? I, I got to thinking about how there are some areas in my life where I can really trust in God. And I, it's no problem for me. Like I trust in God. And it's just automatic and, it, and it's easy. It's not really a struggle. It's not really a battle. Uh, but then there are some other areas of my life where I found that I've, I kind of struggle when it comes to trusting in God. And, and if I can just be real with you today and just be transparent with you today and, and get a little bit vulnerable from the stage today, uh, as a parent of three boys, you know, that's one and, and four and then seven, um, I, I don't have really a hard time trusting in God with where they are right now because they're in my house and I can control a lot of the variables because they're so young. Uh, but if I was just transparent and honest today, I've, I have fear and anxiety and even at times worry and, it, and it's unhealthy when I begin to think about what their life is going to be like when they grow up later on down the road. And when they, when they become adults and I can't control them and I'm not there to help them make decisions and I know I'm going to pour into them the wisdom of God and train them up in the ways of God while I've got them, but, but there's still a piece of me that, that just worries a little bit. What if they go in the drug direction or what if they go down the alcoholic direction or what if they go down this direction? What if they go a wrong way? And I, and just as a parent a little bit, like I just, I just struggle like, God, I want to trust in you with their future, but God, I, I struggle a little bit. Do you have any area of your life where you just struggle a little bit when it comes to trusting in God, maybe as a parent, maybe as a business owner, or maybe with your finances, like, hey, I'm really doing well at trusting in God in all these areas of my life. But, But when it comes to this one or two areas, I find myself battling and really struggling to fully and completely trust in God. And I really think that God, how many of you know 
God wants us to trust in Him fully with everything. He, he wants us to, to just really have absolute confidence in every area of our, our life. But, but it's a challenge, isn't it? Like, hey, when you look at all the problems in the world and you look at all the uncertainty, it's like, God, I, I believe in you. I want to trust in you. But God, it's just kind of hard in this one area of my life. And maybe if you're like me, you begin to play the what if game. Have you ever played the what if game? Like, what if this happens? Or, or what if that doesn't happen? Or, or, or what if I lose my job? Or what if I don't get the promotion? Or, or, or what if my marriage ends in divorce? Or what if I do this and I mess this up? Or, or for me, like, what if my kids go in the wrong direction? You might be like, what if I'm single for the rest of my life? Where are all the single people out in the house? Just wave your hands in the air like you just don't care. Come on. No, no, no. Y'all, I want y'all to really participate. I'm not going to move on until all the single people wave their hands in the air like they just don't care. Now, pause. Look around. And single people, you might just find your special someone today. But you, you, you might be thinking, hey, I'm going to be... All right, y'all quit flirting and exchanging numbers. And somebody's like, oh, let me get those digits. Calm, calm down. Calm down. Save it for after church. Amen. Well, but, uh, but, but you might say, hey, what if I'm single? What if I... What if I marry the wrong person? And then what if we have the wrong kids, right? And then, and then what if they have the wrong grandkids, right? Or, or what if, what if, what if, I, what if I marry the right person and we have the right kids, but I've got the wrong job? But I can't quit my job because my kid needs braces and I have to pay for the braces. Or they might marry the wrong person and then they might have the wrong kids, which means I would end up having the wrong grandkids. And that would be a really awkward conversation. You're not the grandkids that I expected to have. (laughs) I know this is getting a little crazy, isn't it? But. But we run down all these what ifs. It's easy to run down the what ifs. What, what if this happens? What if, what if this doesn't happen? Like, what if? And like, all this stuff going on in the world today, like, what if? I don't know. I don't know about you, but I struggle with the what ifs. But, but I'm trying to get to this place in my life as a pastor, as a parent, as a leader, as an entrepreneur. I'm trying to get to this place in my life where I just, I've decided I'm going to trust in God. Regardless of what comes against me, regardless of what kind of doubt comes into my mind, regardless of how crazy life gets, I've, I've just made up my mind. I'm, I'm going to press through it. I'm going to trust in God because he's a good God and he's a faithful God. And he's come through so many times in my past. And if he came through so many times in my past, he's a God that can come through in my life today. So I, I'm just going to trust in him. But how many of you know, I can feel that way on Sunday at church. But then Monday hits, Tuesday hits. And I struggle to trust in God. Or maybe some of you are here today and you did trust in God, but it didn't work out like you thought it should work out. You know, like I prayed, I believed, and I cling to heaven. And, 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 and when God could have stopped it, he didn't stop it. Or when God could have gave it, he didn't give it. And now I'm just a little reluctant when it comes to trusting in God again. So today we're, we're looking at the question, can we trust God? Can God be trusted? How do we trust in God when some days... It's a little bit difficult to trust in him because the answer is yes, 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 yes. You can trust in God. Yes, he's good. Yes, he's faithful. Yes, he's all powerful. Yes, he he is a God that certainly can be trusted. And even when I can't see him, I can trust him. And even when at times it's hard to feel his presence, I, I can still trust him. And I know I need him. I know I can't make it without him. Can I trust in God? It's a big question, isn't it, church? 
So what we're going to do is we're going to dive into God's Word. We're going to look at Luke chapter 5, and we're going to kind of unpack this a little bit. And we're going to really discover uh, two prayers that we can pray when we get into a situation and we find it a little bit difficult and challenging to trust in God. And so we're going to look at this. We're going to lift them out of the text. It's going to be good. And so when life gets crazy, when life gets chaotic, we're going to be able to pray these two prayers. But first, let me give you a little bit of context. Luke chapter 5, Jesus is teaching on a lake, and, and while he's teaching, there were some guys that were out there fishing, and they had been fishing all night long. And they went fishing all night long. Can you imagine this? They didn't catch a single fish. Can you imagine? Like, I love to fish. I, I love to go bass fishing. And in fact, like, if you like, you know where the fish are at. Like, you know, Chase, he helps me out. I get a couple catches here and there with Chase. But if you know where they're at, you tell me. Because I don't know where they're at. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know where the fish are at. So you go fishing with me. And uh, you're, like, dependent on me. Like, we ain't going to catch nothing. Okay? Are y'all with me? We ain't even going to hardly get a bite. Are y'all tracking with me? And so just know if you're coming with Pastor Kenny, you're not going to catch anything. So even if you do catch something, it exceeds your expectations. Are y'all with me? And so these guys, they're, they're like, they've been fishing with Pastor Kenny. <laughs> they've been fishing all night long, and they ain't even got a bite. They ain't caught nothing. And so they get back in, and Jesus says, hey, can I, look, can I use your boat? I want to hop in your boat, and I want to preach to this large crowd. So he gets in their boat, and he's preaching to this massive crowd. And, and, and watch what happens. It's in that context that we see verse 4. It says, when he had finished speaking... He said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. But because you say so, I'll let down. It doesn't make a lot of sense, Jesus, but because you say so, I'm going to trust in you and who you are and we're going to let down the nets, he pushes them out into the deep. How many of you know that sometimes God has to take you out into the deep and get you in over your head so that he can teach you something about trusting in him and him alone? Because as long as you stay stuck in the shallow and you can swim by yourself, you're not going to really need to depend on a God that can pull you out and rescue you. Are you with me? So Jesus, he, he pulls them out into the deep and he tells them to let down the nets. Key command, let down the nets. And Peter is trying to be nice. He's trying to be respectful. Could you imagine Peter? Peter would probably look to him and say, you know, Jesus, you know, I'm, how, about, how about you stick to the preaching and let me stick to the fishing, okay? Because Jesus, I've been doing this my whole life. I am a professional fisherman and, and, and we've done this all night long and you don't really know how to, I, Jesus, like I, we're just going to, man, you know, he's probably struggling a little bit on an inward level to really trust in him. And, and this doesn't make sense. Hey, what you're asking me to do actually feels really stupid. Doesn't make any sense. How many of you know that sometimes God will ask you to do things that don't really make sense from a worldly perspective? Doesn't really, as a matter of fact, it sounds counterproductive. It sounds counterintuitive. Some of the things that, that God tells us to do so often when God invites you to put your trust in him, you can feel a little stupid when you do it. This doesn't make sense. Like you come across a scripture that says, don't worry about tomorrow. What? Don't worry about tomorrow. And that sounds so easy in the church. But as soon as you turn on your news or you look at your social media, you got a million things to worry about just instantly. As soon as you get to your cubicle and you're with your coworkers, you've got a million things to worry about instantly. And you, and you got a God that's looking at you and saying, don't worry about tomorrow. Somebody needs to worry about tomorrow. Come on. Somebody does or nothing's going to get done. Or how about this one? God looks to you and he looks to me and he says, bless those who persecute you. 
Uh-oh. You know, I thought I just blessed the people that blessed me. I thought I was just nice to people that were nice to me. And Jesus looks at us. He says, no, I want you to be nice. I want you to bless. I want you to pray for your enemies to come up. I want you to pray for those that persecute you and use you. And I want you to pray that they would be more blessed than you. That don't make no sense, does it? And nobody want to do that from a worldly... What do we want to do with our... We want to get even, don't we? He says, lean not on your own understanding. But trust and acknowledge me and all your... Don't lean... Maybe you feel like, if I don't lean on my own understanding, how am I going to get my bills paid this week? Can we just be honest? There are some things that God calls us to do that does not make sense from an earthly and temporary worldly perspective. That's the same situation that Peter is in right now. He's like, you know, gosh, like this is, this doesn't make sense. But because you say so, we're going to do this. And maybe you're in a situation in your life. You just got to get to that place. This doesn't make a lot of sense. I really don't understand this. But, but because you said so, I'm just going to try it. and I'm going to do it anyways. And so the first prayer that we need to learn today is, is this. If you're taking notes, Lord, help me obey. Help me obey you even when I don't understand. Help me obey you even when I don't understand. God, help me be faithful. Help me to keep following you. God, help me to obey you. Help me to trust in you even when I got a lot of things going on around me and coming against me that I really don't feel like I deserve and that I really don't feel like I understand God, help me obey you even when I don't get it. And what's so powerful to me is that this prayer is lived out when Simon, by faith, he did exactly what Jesus asked him to do, and he let down his nets. Look look again at Scripture. Simon answered, hey, Master Jesus, we we worked hard all night. We haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I'll let down the nets. I'll let down the nets. This doesn't make any sense to me. It goes against everything that I've learned as a fisherman, but because you're asking me to do it, and because of who you are, God, I'm choosing to put my trust in you. And this action leads us to the conclusion that you don't have to understand completely in order to obey God immediately. You don't have to have it all figured out. You don't have to understand completely. You don't have to have the whole schematics of God's plan for your life in order to trust Him and follow Him and take Him at His word and obey Him completely. I don't have to have it all figured out immediately. Right now, I don't need to know the end of the story because I'm just turning one page of the book. And by the way, if God showed you the whole plan, it would freak you out and you would run from Him anyways. You remember whenever the storm came and they're scared in the boat and they're like freaking out, right? And they see somebody walking on the water and then they realize, oh my gosh, is this a ghost? Is this Jesus? And then Peter said, if it's you, tell me to come out on the water. And he said, come. And he walked on the water. But he was really walking on the word, wasn't he? He was walking on the word. Do you have enough faith in God to obey him when he just gives you one word? Some of you are like, no, I need the whole, I need the whole blueprints. I need the whole instruction manual on how to walk on the water and, and what it's going to be like when it touches my feet. And, 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 and some of us will never know what it's like to really fully trust in God because we need the whole entire plan before we give him our yes. And I don't need to understand completely 
in order to, to obey him immediately. Immediately. And sometimes what we discover is, is that the smallest acts of obedience lead to some of the biggest breakthroughs in our lives. Just a small little step. Just a small little step. Just him saying, I don't really understand this. This doesn't really make a lot of sense for, for me to do this right now. But God, but because you say so, I'm going to do it. And, and just because he said yes, because he had his yes on the table, he gets this, this massive breakthrough and gets to experience this incredible miracle in his life. Can you trust in God with the small things? Here's what I want you to know. If you can't trust him with something small, he's never going to entrust you with something that is big. Because we want what's big. We want what's extravagant. We want what's going to give us a lot of notoriety. We we want what everybody's going to notice. And it's going to be big. It's going to be in the spotlight. But God's not going to give you something big if you can't trust him with something small. That my yes is on the table for something small because I know it's going to lead to something bigger later down the road. So I'm just going to say yes to God. You know, you know, for me and almost ever, every big thing that God has ever given me, blessed me with every big ministry, big dream that was ever fulfilled. It started with a small act of obedience. You know, three years ago, God called us to start what's known as the mosaic recovery center. It's a one year. Yeah. Give God some praise for the mosaic recovery center. Those guys. And it's a it's a one-year program, residential program for men battling drug addiction. They come in, they learn about Jesus, they get free from their addiction, and then they, they go on to, to change the world, to make a difference. We're raising up world changers. But do you know when God first put that dream in my heart? He put that dream in my heart when I was praying and fasting, doing something very small, doing something very just, just, just behind-the-scenes kind of thing. But because I was praying and fasting, because I'm commanded to do in Scripture, it positioned me to receive something big from God. In fact, everything, every church plant, every building, God gave it to us in a season of prayer and fasting. Something simple that led to something very extravagant. And listen, I want to encourage you. Put your yes on the table and never take the yes off the table. God, even before you call me to do it, I want you to know right now, God, if you want, if you need to get something done where I work at, or God, if you want to get something done in my city, God, I'm just going to go ahead and tell you right now, my yes is on the table. Call me to do it. God, I'm going to, I'm going to say yes. Some of us, he's called us to do things, but we've told him no so many times he quit calling us. You try to hang out with somebody too many times and you just, they keep saying no. You just give up over, over time, don't you? I wonder how many of us would say, God, we're putting the yes on the table and we're not taking it off. We want to go out. We want to make a difference. We want to change the world. I may not understand it all. I may not have it all figured out, but I don't need to in order to obey the voice of God in my life. So when life gets hard, when life gets difficult, when life gets challenging, when you find yourself overwhelmed, when you find just kind of like your little world, your, your corner of the world getting a little crazy and chaotic and you're struggling uh, to trust in God. I, w- I want to encourage you to do something. And, and this is the only area of your life you need to do this, okay? Unless you're like, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about it. But I want to encourage you, when life gets crazy, I want to encourage you to get clingy. Clingy. Cling to God. Cling to Him. Hold on to Him. Get clingy. Now, if you're dating up in here today, Y'all don't need to be getting clingy right now. 
clingy and cuddly and giving a foothold for the devil. Come on, somebody. Y'all don't, y'all don't want to do that? You don't want to do that? Married people, we be getting clingy. Y'all know what I'm talking about? See, me and my wife, we've got a very, it's a great relationship, you know. And uh, sometimes I just want to snuggle and cuddle with her. But she, she just can't do it. She treats me like a piece of meat. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Like I'm like, man, I'm like, listen, I'm just trying to snuggle right now. Could you get, get stop? You know, I got to slap her hand. But, but me and my, we be getting clingy. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Any married people be getting clingy? Come on. Hallelujah. So we love it. We love it. We love it. We love it. But this is what I want to encourage you to do. Get clingy in your relationship with God. Get clingy. Grab onto him and don't let go of him. No matter how big the storm is, no matter how high the waters flood, grab a hold of God and don't let go of God. You've got to learn to cling to God. Grab a hold of him and don't let go. But here's the thing you got to understand, church. I can't grab a hold of God if I'm holding on to something else. I can't grab a hold and get clingy and and hold on to him when I'm clinging to something else that I thought would deliver me, but it's actually destroying me. You got to let go of it. You got to let go of it. You know, for Peter, it was his net and he had to let go of his net so he could grab a hold of his God. Are you with me? So I got this net, y'all. I don't know nothing about it because I'm not a professional fisherman. But this is, this is similar to like the net that they would use in, in the first century. And they would take a net a little bit bigger than this and they would cast it out. And they would catch all different kinds uh, of fish. And you have to understand for Peter, he, it, it was difficult. It had to have been in that moment for him to want to let go of the net because it didn't make sense to cast the net. It didn't make sense to let go of it. But in order for him to cling to the promise and the word that was spoken over him, he had to let down the net, didn't he? had to go against my human reasoning and understanding. And, and he had a problem, and the problem was in his net, wasn't it? He had a problem in his net. He couldn't catch anything. He cast that net all night long. He had this massive problem. But as soon as he let go of the problem, he was able to grab a hold of the promise. Are you with me? And sometimes you got to get to that place. You see, what does the net represent? You know, for Peter, it was a problem. Your problem may not be that you can't catch any fish. Maybe that's your problem too. But, but maybe you've got a problem in your marriage. Maybe you've got a problem with a drug. Maybe you've got a problem with drinking too much. Maybe you've got a problem in your marriage. Maybe you've got a problem with doubt or insecurity or fear or, or depression or anxiety. How many of you know that we're really good at clinging to our problems and focusing on our problems and talking about how terrible our problems are and, and we just spend so much of our life and so much of our time magnifying how big the problem is and, and how it's never going to get any better and what we've got to get we got to get to this place where we're willing to let go of our problems so we can grab a hold of God's promises in his word so here's my question for you today what are you clinging to and what are you holding on to that you need to let go of so you can grab a hold of God what is it maybe it's an addiction Maybe it's a relationship. What, what is it? Maybe it's bitterness. Maybe it's anger. Maybe it's resentment. What, what is it that you need to let go of and let down so you can grab a hold of God's promises? Are you with me today, church? Where I just get to that place where I say, you know what? I'm laying it down and I'm letting it go so I can grab a hold of God's word. This is what I need to be clinging to. Are you with me, church? 
When your life gets crazy and it's spinning out of control and, and you're getting all kinds of advice from all different kinds of people and, and they're telling you need to turn to this and they're telling you you need to turn to that. and you, need to, you know what you need? You just need to turn to the Word of God because for every problem you have, there is a promise in God's Word. Every problem. So, so you need this book. It's a book that was written by a God that created you and knows your heart and he knows exactly how to use this word to speak directly into your situation so you can live a life of freedom and a life of victory. You know, Proverbs 3, 5, it says this, trust in the Lord with all your heart. You know what that word trust literally means in the Hebrew? It means to cling to. It means to hold on to. You've got to hold on to God and don't let go. Don't, don't grab onto the wrong things. That can pull you down deeper. How many times have we grabbed a hold of the wrong things and it pulls us under? You need to grab a hold of something that's going to pull you out and rescue you and set your feet on the solid rock. Are you with me today, church? Cling to God's promises. And can I tell you about some promises? There's some promises. Listen, I'm thankful for his word that says that I can cast my cares upon him. Why? Because he cares for me. He loves me. God, I'm clinging to your truth that says that you will provide for all of my needs according to your glorious riches in Christ Jesus. God, I thank you and I praise you for your word that says you're working in all things, the good, the bad, the ugly, the sad, and you're working them out for my good because I love you and I'm called according to your purpose and I'm going to get some good out of this and you're going to get some glory out of this. God, I I cling to your truth that says you'll never leave me and never forsake me. God, that when I draw near to you, your word promises that you'll draw near to me. God, I thank you that you're close to the brokenhearted, that you save those that are crushed in spirit. God, you are my refuge. You are my strength. You are my help in time of trouble. I need to get clingy. I need to start clinging to the right things in my life. Even when I don't understand it. Even when I'm like, oh gosh, what direction are they going to grow? When they grow up, what are they going to do? Where are they going to be? God, 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 help me. Help me, God. I need you as a parent. God, I need you as a pastor and as a leader. God, I don't understand a lot of things, but God, I know this. I need you. And I choose to trust in you and you alone. The second thing, the second prayer that we can pray as we're walking through this is, Lord, help me surrender what I cannot control. Help me surrender what I cannot control. It's amazing that whenever they obeyed and they let down the nets, That little act of obedience led to this massive breakthrough and miracle in their life. When they did what Jesus told them to do, even when it didn't make sense, we see the outcome was miraculous. And here's what you need to know today. The outcome of your obedience is not your responsibility. Don't worry about the outcome. That's God's job. Your job is just obedience. His job is the outcome. And he gives good results, doesn't he, church? Some of you know what I'm talking about. You obeyed him when it didn't make sense, and you're reaping the fruit of it now. That's exactly what happened for Peter in verse 6. It says, when they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signal their partners. They're like, y'all come over here in the other boat. They got them coming over and they come and help them. And they came and they filled both boats so full that both the boats began to sink. So I don't know about you. I want some of that breakthrough in my life. I do. 
I want some of that miraculous provision in my life. Lord, help me obey you even when I don't understand. You may be one step of obedience away from receiving your breakthrough, the thing that takes you to the next level in your life. And then we get to these places where we feel like we can't control it. Lord, help me surrender that which I cannot control. I love this. Simon obeys. He lets down the nets and catches all these fish and catches so many they can't even contain them all. And suddenly he realizes in that moment, he gets this revelation and, and it hits him like a spiritual two by four. He's like, oh my gosh, this, this, isn't, this isn't just a rabbi. No, this is the Holy One of Israel. This is the Messiah. This is the Christ. And he feels so unworthy. He's like, I'm not even, I'm not even worthy to be in your presence right now. I'm not even good enough to be standing in front of you right now. And Jesus, out of his love for Simon, he says, Simon, hey, don't be afraid. From now on, Simon, you're going to fish for people. From now on, what you've done your whole life and the gifts that you have acquired throughout your whole life, I'm going I'm to use those same skills but give you even a higher calling. And you're going to change the world as you obey me and surrender these things into my hand. And so then Jesus said to Simon, verse 10, he said, don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up on the shore and watch this. They left everything. Somebody say they left everything, left everything and followed him. The very thing that represented provision, the very thing that represented security, the the very thing that made Peter feel like he would be able to provide for his family was the very thing that he left behind so he could follow Jesus. Doesn't mean I can't have a job. Doesn't mean you don't need to provide for your family. It just means if you're putting your trust in how you can provide and needs that you can meet, you've put your trust in the wrong place and you're setting yourself up to be disappointed. For others, maybe there's things that, that you're, you're holding on to that are holding you back from fully following Jesus. Y'all know what I'm talking about. We've all got that thing. We've all got that thing. We've all got those things. Hopefully, the longer we follow Christ, the shorter that list gets. Are y'all with me? But we all have something. That if we're not careful, it will pull us back. And sometimes you got to let down the net. Sometimes you got to lay down the net. Sometimes you got to lay it down. You just got to surrender it. You got to give it to God. It's the best thing you'll ever do with your life. What is it? What is it? Maybe, maybe God has given you gifts and you're using them to build your own life. But God wants you to surrender them so you can use them to build his kingdom. Use it for an eternal purpose. But I'm going to surrender it into the hands of a faithful God. I'm going to surrender it to a God that will use what I have to make a difference for eternity. When it comes to your net, what is your net? Whatever it is. That thing that gives you security. That thing that you run to when life gets crazy. Your understanding. Your hope. Maybe it's your bucket list. Your your if only this. And and if God you give it, that's all that I need. When it comes to your nets, first thing you do is you let them down 
when he invites you to. And at some point, you lay them down when he asks you to. That I'm letting go of my plans, what I want, and I'm trusting in you. And I'll say this, it's not easy. It's not easy. There's nothing easy about this. Because <laughs> you look at your life and you envision your life to be one way. And you thought at this point in your life, you would be at this place in your life. And, and you're nowhere near where you thought you would be at this point in your life. Or maybe as you look at your life, this is not how I envisioned my life being. This is not, God, this isn't what I had planned. God ever wrecked your plans before? Like, God, this, I, I never dreamed. I thought I would always be at this place doing this thing. And now, God, you've wrecked my plans. And God, and this just isn't what I envisioned. And for some of us, it's going to be a real struggle to let go of our plans so we can grab a hold of his. And here's what I found. Because I've tried my way. I've tried to do my plan. And my plan always ends up really bad. Anybody else? But now that I've let go of my plans and I've been trusting in God's plan, the story that he has written for my life is far better than the story that I ever could have written for my life. And the plans are so much better. So, let me just give you an example of how this played out in, in my life and Kayla's life. You know, we, for the first four years of our marriage, we battled with infertility. And so, we finally go seek some medical advice and a fertility specialist and she starts taking some fertility treatments and over a period of a couple months we end up getting pregnant with quadruplets and something that we weren't anticipating something that we weren't expecting we go into the ultrasound we're not even we don't even know if we're going to see one heartbeat and then there's one and then there's two and then there's three and now there's four heartbeats and we're like what is going on just we're, we're excited, we're nervous, we're scared, all of these different things. And, and just knowing a little bit of our story, Kayla and I, we had always envisioned ourselves having four kids. And we always prayed for two boys and two girls. It's just what, we've, what we prayed for. And so as the pregnancy goes on, we realize we're, we're having two boys and two girls. And it's just like everything that we ever dreamed of. And it's just like, wow, this is, a, this is great, scary but man, it's like an answered prayer. And, and so we start envisioning the rest of our life with two boys and two girls. And we're just praying and believing God for that. Well, things went in the other direction. And Kayla had to deliver at 24 weeks and six days. Two of the girls died at birth. And one of the other boys died within 24 hours. And so within just 36 hours... The, the life and the world and the future that we had envisioned is all crashing down. Disappointed, discouraged, distraught, confused, didn't understand. Are y'all with me? And it was hard and it was difficult and it was challenging. And, and praise God, you know, Elijah, he survived. He's four now and he's a little miracle child. Given the nursery workers, they're, they're, they're making their pay today. They're storing up crowns and heaven for sure but there came a point where we had to let go of that dream and let go of that plan and realize that that's not how our life is going to be right now and it was hard it wasn't easy it's four years later and it's still not easy but I've discovered a God that even when I don't understand even when it hurts 
I can trust in him. And he gives me a peace that surpasses human understanding. It don't even make any sense that I have peace in my heart with all of this tragedy in my life. But he's faithful. He's faithful. So maybe for some of you, it's time to let go of something. So you can grab a hold of what God has for you. And it's not going to be easy. And there's going to be some struggle in the transition. But I've just made up my mind. No matter, I've been through a lot. It doesn't matter what I go through. doesn't matter if I understand it. I'm going to do two things. I'm going to cling to God. And I'm going to surrender that which I cannot control. And experience this peace that surpasses human understanding. You don't always have the power to control. Don't miss this. But you do always have the power to surrender. I can't always control it. I can't always fix it. But I do always have the choice and the power to surrender it into a faithful God in heaven. I can't control the outcome. I couldn't fix what happened. I I couldn't change what happened. But the beautiful thing, I was able to throw my hands up in the air. We were able to surrender it over into the hands of God and experience his presence in a way that we've never experienced it before. And right now, there are things that are going on in this world. I don't understand. Are y'all with me? There's some of these things I don't understand. Like I don't I don't get it. I don't understand why this is happening or why this isn't happening. But I'm not going to let what's going on around me destroy the trust I have in the God that is above me. Psalm 20 verse 7, it says something so powerful and I'll be, I'll be done with this. It says, some trust in chariots, some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. Some trust in this. Some are going to trust in the economy. Some are going to trust in the government. Some are going to trust in a bank account. Some are going to trust in a medical report. But, but we don't put our faith, our confidence in any of those things. But, but we put our trust in a loving God who is always in control. And there's not a single blade of grass that moves without his approval. We trust that one day God's coming back and he's going to right every wrong and make it right. He's going to wipe out all the evil. There'll be no more division. No more hate, no more murders, no more sickness, no more death. Nothing but peace, harmony, security, and joy. And so we put our hope in the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. Because He's the only one that will never fail us. He's the only one that will never disappoint us. And as I was looking at this, I'll close to the final closing point. When the preacher says it three times, that's when it's really about to happen. Third time's a charm. When did the miracle happen? The miracle happened right when they were about to give up. Did you see that? Don't stop before the miracle comes. Sometimes we give up on the sixth lap. And if we would have kept marching seven laps like God told us to, we would see the walls come falling down and the breakthrough comes. Sometimes you've got to get just this press in your spirit and just and just this courage in your spirit that I'm not stopping. I'm not going to keep marching. I'm not going to stop pressing. I'm not going to give up until I see the breakthrough come in my life. It's at the end of a disappointing day 
It's when they're about to give up on everything that Jesus shows up in their life and brings the breakthrough and brings the miracle. They're cleaning their nets. They're getting their boats straightened up and they're getting ready to walk away. And Jesus shows up. Right when they get to the end of themselves, right when they get to the end of their strength and their ability and their understanding, Jesus shows up, gets in their boat, and gives them the breakthrough that they need. I came to tell somebody that's already given up to get back in the game and don't give up. Don't stop trusting in God. I came to tell somebody... That if God didn't speak to me today, I was going to end my life. But because I got a word from heaven, I'm going to choose to live another day. Don't give up on a God that has never given up on you. Don't give up. Don't give up. You're about to quit. Throw in the towel. Don't do it. Don't quit. Don't give up. Don't stop short of the miracle and the breakthrough that God wants to send into your life. Here's what we do. You ready? When life is crazy and everybody else is losing their minds, not us, not God's people. We keep obeying God. We keep doing the next right thing. We keep on trusting in Him. We keep on surrendering to Him. And at the proper time, in due season, we will reap the harvest. If we don't grow weary, and well-doing. We're not going to quit. We're not going to stop short of the breakthrough. Let that be the word for your marriage, for your family, for that addiction, for that stronghold. I'm not going to give up. I'm going to keep on obeying his voice. I'm going to keep on pressing in to his presence. I'm going to trust in God. Thank you for joining us today. And a special thanks for those of you that give generously to City Light Church. It's because of you that this ministry is possible. If you'd like to begin partnering with us financially, you can click the link to give now in the description, or you can go to citylightchurch.cc forward slash give. And if God is using this podcast in your life, you can subscribe today. You can click the share button and help us get the word out to the world. Thank you for listening and God bless.